1: This is Jake Brennan from Disgraceland, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts, Rock A History in five songs. With host Martin Popov. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with
0: martin all right. welcome back again to another episode of history and five songs with martin pop off brought to you by the evil cabal at pantheon i am pleased as always to be part of this pantheon podcast network we are available on spotify itunes and over 40 other podcast platforms all right So this episode is going to be a bit of a rant episode, um, because there's been a hotly contested debate that's been going on. Uh, we are going to be calling this, uh, this episode 64. We're going to be calling it new wave of British heavy metal or not, um, Okay, here's what happened. So basically, I went on uh, Pete Pardo's Awesome Sea of Tranquility YouTube channel. We did a top 10 new wave of British heavy metal albums. Um, and uh, we got lots and lots of comments, uh, people bringing up, why not this band? Why, you know, Where's the Judas Priest? Blah, blah, blah. We're going to get into this because this is what this is all about. But a lot of comments that just exasperated both of us. And then I also did an episode of The Problem, with um, picking ten new wave of British heavy metal albums, this was done just two episodes ago, and uh, and that and that in conjunction with Pete's thing, caused a bunch of debate on the History in Five Songs Facebook page and on my personal Facebook page where a bunch of people were debating all these bands and I got into it with everybody and then I just basically said enough my 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 left hand is starting to throb from typing all these rants, uh, I didn't want to keep explaining all these rants typing all this out, That I said okay you know what, I'm just going to do an episode of this thing and we are going to get this all sorted out uh, in an episode uh, once and for all uh, I'm calling this a rant because because basically, I feel very, very, very strongly, uh, one way or another, about these bands and whether they belong. Hang on, let me put that light back on. On this, uh, in this episode, um, wh- whether they belong in uh, as as New British Heavy Metal uh, metal bands or not. So, um, okay, so let's let's get the debate started um, with one of the most hotly contended ones that surprised both Pete and I. Uh, take a listen to this. Uh, this is Judas Priest with Never Satisfied. Alright, so I purposely picked something from Judas Priest from their first album in 1974. That's your first clue. So basically, I totally, totally, totally do not agree. Uh, I've never thought that Judas Priest should be part of the New Wave of British Heavy Metal. So, big thumbs down, no, they aren't part of the New Wave of British Heavy Metal. My reasons are this. They started in nineteen sixty nine, so basically, uh, you know, a good ten years before uh, any any of the new wave of British heavy metal bands uh, that we're including, kind of get going at least with their first um, their first material. Now that's something that we're going to discuss a little later as well. Um, but so Judas Priest is from you know their first album is nineteen seventy four, so it's five years after they formed their big formative albums that, that really kick a lot of things off are Sad Wings in 76 and Sin After Sin and Stay in Class. So, so they've got a bunch of records before they even get to, uh, 19, 1980. 1980 is when they come with British Steel and, um, okay, but just to back up a second, so I've, I've included Judas Priest in this idea of second wave, uh, Heavy metal. I I I have always said that "Sad Wings of Destiny" is the record that basically kickstarted metal and did something entirely um, much more cerebral and new and fresh and interesting since literally Deep Purple in rock in 1970. So that whole gap, we got a bunch of heavy metal albums, but none of them really did what "Sad Wings of Destiny" did. And then sin after sin. I I that run is just so important in heavy metal history. But. Um, so I am ranting, but I do want to acknowledge your feelings and why a lot of people think Judas Priest should be part of this thing. So, um, the, you know, people do say it should be part of it because, um, you know, they are the ones that establish the, uh, the look, the whole package, the, uh, the leather and studs thing. Um, they've got the live album coming right into, uh, you know, the, the um, actual golden period of this new wave of British heavy metal, which is, which is essentially starts February nineteen eighty. Uh, they put out British Steel. They they actually tour and have support as uh, you know, new wave of British heavy metal bands. Iron Maiden is the is the most significant one, um, but British Steel, yes, sure. I mean, the album is called British Steel. Uh, this is this is a thing called new wave of British heavy metal. You can see why people would include it, um, but. They're just they 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 just did way too much before uh before getting here and like I say they started in 1969 so it's it's ludicrous to include them they're they're as old as Black Sabbath essentially believe it or not um so so they're that's why they don't belong um you know they they um they are they are older guys as well um but yeah they're they're completely established band they're on CBS. and and they're and they're rolling through this thing just like just like Black Sabbath's rolling through this thing in your eye heap and and, and everybody's finding a little more success because heavy metal is a big deal but uh, but absolutely not um, just just you know way too important already in the seventies doing a whole bunch of great work uh, in the seventies so uh, so definitely thumbs down on Judas Priest okay our second one um, and this one also is hotly debated uh, take a listen this is Motorhead with I'll Be Your Sister. Okay, so we really got into it on Motorhead. Um, you know, people were bringing up stuff like, oh, Lemmy was, uh, he comes from the 50s even. He loves skiffle music and rockabilly, um, you know, because he is old enough to actually have been there in the 50s and, and bought this stuff as a kid. Um, and then he's in Hawkwind. So he's, so he's in this band in the 70s, blah, blah, blah. You know, early 70s. But Motorhead uh, is... is as new as most new wave of British heavy metal bands in that they're basically starting opening, you know, putting out their shingle for business in 1975. So this is when they start their first album is 1977. So it's not that far off, uh, you know, essentially the starting year for new wave of British heavy metal, which, you know, I, I say February 80, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on in 1979 as well. So they're not that far off. Um, now, the other thing that I find very important here, uh, and, and this is something that just basically it's an idea that's kind of formulated over. It, it, was, it was in my subconscious the whole time, but here it is. So, you know, yes, they had a, a shelved album. You know, whether it was completely finished and everybody was super happy with it is another thing um, that came out as On Parole. This is when they were signed to United Artists, right? So they had the shelved album that came out later. And they also had the debut album, Motorhead, Motorhead, which came out in 1977. I argue in a certain sense... That um, you know, these are almost like glorified demos. I mean, that album was—it was supposed to be a single. They were contracted to do a single, and Speedy King and them—they stayed up all night on speed, and they basically said, "Hey, you know what, Ted? Ted Carroll. Um, I think it's yeah, Ted Ted Carroll Ch- uh, Ch- chiswick Chiswick. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten heck for uh, pronouncing that wrong before. So there's both of them for you. Um, but but they basically you know showed up, stumbled in, and said, "Hey, you know what? We did. You have whole album. So so." essentially it was done, you know, very, very quickly. Um, so I consider it almost a glorified demo, and it sounds like it. Same with the United Artists album, which which ironically sounds even a little better uh, because it was done, you know, p- more or less properly. But if you, if you don't buy my argument that these are glorified demos, you might buy my argument that this is Motorhead uh, almost like learning in public, like finding their sea legs in public, because... This song I just played you, which is my favorite song from Overkill. So Overkill comes out in early 1979, and then Bomber comes out in late 1979. And I argue that basically Motorhead starts in 1979. This is this is when they they really find their sound. There's no there's no switching in and out of members and figuring out who's in the band. It's the classic lineup of Filthy Animal Taylor, Fast Eddie Clark, and Lemmy Kil, Kilminster. Um, so basically. Um, you know, overkill is when they find their sound, you know, frankly, I don't think, I don't think Ace of Spades is any great classic over and above either of these two records. All three of them sound exactly the same to me. Um, but, um... So essentially, if you buy that 1979 is is kind of the the early time uh, or you know the genesis of the new wave of British heavy metal, you know why, why should we be punishing Motorhead for literally starting the thing and being first? We we should actually be giving them more credit. Um, so so yes, they've got they've got two full studio albums before 1980. Um, but i think that's a positive and and they're so heavy like that's the other thing about the new wave british heavy metal the idea was not to be apologetic for being a metalhead being a metal band so so you know these albums had no ballads on them which is which is a key new wave british heavy metal thing you know in you know in a way like denying the you know the importance of ballads um now you might say that the sound is a little bit um, is a little bit rough and different. It's kind of a biker metal thing, and Lemmy's got a very unique voice, etc. But you know, I'll also argue that that the new wave of British heavy metal is is essentially like a bicycle wheel. It's got the middle, um, but then it's got spokes going off in all directions, and you know, a certain distance from the hub is allowed. Um, so you know, you could have a doomy new wave of British heavy metal band. You could have a poppy one you can have a proggy one um uh, and you can have motorhead you can have a biker metal one right um and 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 you know frankly motorhead is is also not so far off of saxon which is essentially the quintessential new wave british heavy metal band in in this sort of you know quote unquote dirty sound stripped down sound biker metal sound a tiny tiny bit of the 70s uh in it say in, in that it's not particularly note dance riffy it's more like cordy. um but, um, so that's the other thing. And and then, you know, there's Girl School, there's Tank. So, you know, there's Jaguar and, um, who else? Tyson Dog. There, there are these, these, these rough and ready. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't feel like the sound is so far off either. Now, the other reason Motorhead is important, and this really didn't come up in our Facebook thing, but you know, it's, it's something I've always said is that, they're on Bronze Records, so that's important because Bronze is one of these uh, you know, labels right in there, like a dirty shirt, like MCA and EMI, doing a lot of this stuff. But Bronze is like a mid-sized label, Jerry Braun, right? Famous for, you know, your eye being Bronze all the way through there. Um, but uh, so, so what they're doing also is lots of picture sleeve singles, colored vinyl, they're doing B sides that aren't on the albums. Like all of these things are new wave of British heavy metal um, conceits, and they're also like on every one of these big, uh, you know, important heavy metal tours or shows. They're three British guys. They're they're basically playing in Britain all the time uh, and, you know, playing with all these other new wave of British heavy metal bands, you know, Angel Witch, that famous barn dance thing and all that. Um, and, you know, even more so, to drive the point home even more, um, you know, these records didn't even come out in America, right? I mean, it took a long time for them to come out. I believe Ace of Spades is the first one that comes out domestically and then the and the other stuff comes out. Um, but, you know, when, when we were kids or teenagers, whatever we were, what would we be in 79? I would have been uh, uh, 16. You know, all my Motorhead albums were imports, right? I'm, I'm buying the import on bronze from the UK of, of all these records, right? And colored vinyl, like I say. Um, so there's a whole pile of reasons to put Motorhead in here and really only, again, to uh, to acknowledge your feelings you know, really the only reason people kind of come up with to not put them in is that Motorhead, I- Lemmy himself had, had a career before Motorhead, and, you know, they their first album is in 77. You know, had their first album not been in 77, we probably would have been praising them to Hill for starting the whole thing because of two records in 79. Um, so there you go. Um, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, back again here on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This is episode 64. We're calling this new wave of British heavy metal or not, or strictly speaking, N-W-O-B-H-M or not. Uh, There was also a big debate going whether you're supposed to say no album. Um, I I do occasionally. Uh, Yeah, it's it's obviously a mouthful no matter how you say it, but uh, anyways let's move on so this episode is about highly highly contentious bands whether uh, whether these bands belong as part of this thing or not uh so take a listen to our third selection this is gillen with roller All right, so definitely very contentious here as well. Um, uh, let me just say right off the bat, I have always vehemently argued for them completely to be yes part of the new wave of British heavy metal. Um, again, they um, you know they start a little bit early. They have the Japanese album, which only comes out in Japan, but then they have Mister Universe which comes out in 1979 and it's a pretty heavy album throughout um they're basically uh you know ian has seen the light he's come out of his uh his jazz fusion ian gillen band phase right a uh, clear air turbulence child in time and scarabus right um and and he's basically put together you know what i've often called like a, like a punky demented doors, carnival music, uh, chaotic version of Deep Purple, like a white knuckle hanging on for dear life version of Deep Purple, right? Um, But very heavy band, I think. I mean, pretty heavy band. I mean, you don't have to be crazy, crazy, super heavy to be a new wave of British heavy metal band. So, yes, they have some variety. There's a bit of bluesiness. There's a bit of keyboardness. Um, Well, there's a lot of keyboards, but it's usually in a heavy metal context. Um, But, uh, okay, so, so the arguments against obviously are Ian Gillen had a long, long career, uh, essentially, you know, uh, coming, coming into the, uh, the, um, you know, the public consciousness within rock in 1970, uh, and then having this long career with Deep Purple, not that long, actually, gone by 73, but, uh, but then Ian Gillen banned and all that, right? Um, and then the other guys are a ragtag army of guys with, sure, some roots in the 70s. I think John McCoy was in that, that, Double Z Zebra Band. Um, you've got Mick Underwood. Um, you've got Bernie Torme, who's a young guy. He 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 looks the part and seems the part and plays the part. Although you know he's he's a little bit more of a scrappy punky Hanoi Rocks type guitarist. So him on its he he on his own uh, is is maybe a little bit of an anachronism. And sure, Gillan's a little bit of an anachronism with the whole sound. But but the argument against Gillan being part of this uh, is is really frankly down to uh more than anything the fact that Ian Gillen comes from a previous generation. In fact, an earlier generation even than than Priest, you know, who I called second wave. I mean Ian goes all the way back to the first generation of heavy metal. But again, you know, I gotta say, okay, so so Glory Road, 1980, I believe. Uh, 81 for Double Trouble. Uh, you know, you've, or I mean, Future Shock. You've got Double Trouble, which is 82, I believe. And then you've got um, Magic, which is 83. So basically, Gillen is just packing it in with a whole pile of records intensely at this time. All English guys, all touring in England, up and down England, playing with new wave of British heavy metal bands. Also, Putting a lot of picture sleeve singles and a lot of non-LP uh, B sides. So you know, if if we say that one of the great things about the new wave British heavy metal is all of these singles coming out all the time, and 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 the cool thing is a lot of those bands never got to put out an album. Um, but you know, one of the things is a lot of picture sleeve singles. You know, Gillen, like Motorhead, is totally, um, you know, uh, participating in that whole thing uh, very enthusiastically. So basically, you know, they're, they're, deeply, deeply contributing to this whole thing with all these crunching heavy metal songs like the one I just played you there, Roller. Um, so I think they totally, totally belong. We we shouldn't, we shouldn't give uh, Ian, who's only one quarter of the band, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't, um, you know, exclude Ian just because he had a past, um, because he's giving us this great, great band, one of my favorite bands of all time, uh, and they're, and they're in here. Okay. Next one. Uh, Up to number four on our History in Five Songs, episode 64, New Wave of British Heavy Metal or Not. Take a listen to this. This is Def Leppard with On Through the Night. Okay, so this band is is highly contentious as well. Um, But, um, you know, people are more or less in agreement that um, they totally belong uh, for sure in the early stages with On Through the Night, uh, the debut album. And, you know, let's let's not forget they had the Rocks Off EP in 79. So they're so they're in there doing the actual new wave of British heavy metal thing. Don't forget Samson, of course. I I always got to remember, you know, they're they're in there in 1979. They're one of the very earliest ones, as is Saxon. Debut, self-titled, 1979. But on through the night. Um, so so, what happens here is, um, you know, I, I get I get really kind of kind of uh, mad when I, you know, I, I've always never liked these quotes where where Joe Elliott is sort of disowning the new wave of British heavy metal because he's he's trying to frame the band as something greater. We're like Led Zeppelin. We're like Queen. You know, and he's constantly telling us, and it's true that he's a massive massive glam fan, okay, so that, that, um, that UK glam scene from sort of 71 to 74, um, he is, and he knows a lot about it, but he should really, you know, not be saying that Def Leppard was influenced by that because you really don't hear very much of that at all in, in Def Leppard, uh, in the early stages, and really, I, I don't, you know, I don't really hear them in the later stages either, uh, you know, that early UK glam thing, but, um, Anyway, so a lot of people uh, always have that bad taste in their mouths about Joe kind of like putting down metal in the New Wave British heavy metal and, you know, frankly belittling and patronizing those bands and saying, ah, oh, they weren't very good or whatever. Now there, he kind of has a point because here's the other thing about Def Leppard, right? It's almost like they were too good to be part of this. They They sounded too good. They produced too good, played too tightly, and then... Uh, you know the other thing that makes people want to leave them out is that um, the sound gets almost um, you know on uh, on high and dry, which is a classic great album. It gets it gets a little more um, you know possibly uh, further up one of those spokes of the wheel on on you know from the hub. Um, but it's hard to describe why, um, because it doesn't sound particularly, you know, crazy, crazy American. There's no hair metal yet. Um, so you could almost just say that it's just a really, really good album. And again, you know, getting almost even more so down the line of saying they they seem to have too much money to be allowed to be part of the New age British Heavy Metal. That's really it, right? And then of course, um, you get another issue where you move on to pyromania and it gets even further away with these new, you know, fresh, uh, interesting production values out of Mutt Lang. And then also, um, at that point, you, you could be saying it's having more of an Americanized sound. And when it gets that poppy... Or that Americanized, uh, or that expensive sounding—it's even further away. Um, but the point is, is it's also even coming out late in the late in the um, New Wave of British Heavy Metal, and a lot of people will have. Um, you know, this idea that, uh, to, you know, if you limit it, then you can talk about more albums. So all these, all these sort of conceits to, uh, to talk about certain albums, if you're making your top new Wave British heavy metal album list or whatever, saying, oh, it's all over by 82 or whatever. Um, you can't go past that into 83, 84. Some people have argued even, even further. Um, but so yes, I, I am going to say absolutely thumbs up. Yes. On Def Leppard with a little bit of an asterisk. Um, I think the first two albums totally, totally belong. But I have seen a lot of smart people leave off high and dry from their list because, because they're all, all already having these mixed feelings. And very few people will put Pyromania on their list. Um, you know, and uh, that's a whole nother thing. I mean, we, we, we did a whole episode of that. I'll, I'll leave you to go listen to that. Um, and again, I'm going to try not repeat myself too much on my number five here. Because it also is the big subject of that episode two episodes ago. So take a listen to our number five. This is Iron Maiden with Sun and Steel. Now, I must confess that Iron Maiden is not that contentious, but they are an interesting band to talk about because it gets contentious, kind of like Def Leppard later on. So, um, you know, I think think everybody's lists that I've seen, you know, smart people who have done these lists and who've had them in magazines or websites or whatever and, and have explained themselves... Pretty much, they always include the first Iron Maiden album. You can't deny that. It's got to go on a list. And then Killers, you know, most people... I love Killers, so I would put that on a list. But then, again, like Def Leppard, it starts getting a little... Ah, should you be including uh, Number of the Beast? And then certainly, um, when you get up into... You know, this is why I wanted to play you something off of peace of mind. uh, Is it too late? Is it too expensive sounding? Is it too... uh... So with this band... A lot of it is also this idea that um, are they sticking around? Is Iron Maiden too good for the new wave of British heavy metal? They're they're over in uh, you know they're, they're over in America or whatever. So so I would argue again, you know, just like I did in the in the episode two episodes ago, um, that you could actually literally put in you could almost go all the way up to Power Slave and put in five Iron Maiden albums in your list of top ten new wave of British heavy metal albums. So I. Definitely, definitely thumbs thumbs up for Iron Maiden as being part of the New Wave of British Heavy Metal. Now, obviously, that's not that contentious a thing, but I think I wanted to talk about it because it is interesting in terms of when is it too late, when are you too good, and when are you too uh, focused on America? I think, I think that does bother some people. Um, but... Yeah, okay, so there you go. There's all five, and I wanted to mention a few honorable mentions that, that came up as well. Ozzy Osbourne, um, you know, people say they are part of the new wave of British Heavy Metal because look at it, you know, an album in 1980, an album in 1981, but um, you've basically got four very old guys, I mean three very old guys, and you've got a, a young guitarist from California. So, you know... There, there's enough reason right there, um, not to put them in. But they're again participating with the singles, picture sleeve singles, non-LP B-sides. Uh, they're they're essentially based in um, based in the UK at this time. They're touring the UK, so there's a lot of reason to to say eh, new band, right? I mean, we let we let uh, Ian Gillen in with Gillen, right? But this is this is more or less called Ozzy Osbourne, and Gillen is called Gillen, not Ian Gillen as a solo project. So there you go. Um, Uh, Let's see. Clovenhoof gets mentioned. I always consider them kind of arriving too late, even though they had an early single. Budgie gets mentioned because they completely changed their sound. Yeah, like they're they're a trio and they change a key member, the guitarist, and then they come back with the If Swallowed Do Not Induce Vomiting EP and Power Supply and Night Shift that all basically sound like new wave of British heavy metal albums. They're gritty. They're heavy, especially Power Supply. So people almost say, hey, Budgie's a new band. Forget that they go back to 1971. One for their first album and have like five or six albums out already, right? Basically, the idea is that they're almost a new band and that's why they belong. Saracen, because they're kind of proggy. Marseille, because they're almost too poppy. Girl, because they're almost too poppy and they're on a major label um, to begin with. Um, Phil Collin goes to Def Leppard. Um, Phil Lewis, Phil Lewis, right? Uh, goes to LA Guns. Um, but yeah, are they are they just uh, a band that happens to be around, but they're not really doing that sound um, because they basically sound like a pre-deaf leopard, pre-hair metal sort of sound. Fastway, um, you know, I always consider them part of it, but you know they're arriving late. Um, And really, are they part of it? I mean, Fast Eddie, you know, comes from Motorhead, but, you know, an older guy, Dave King, he's from Ireland, I believe, right? Um, So there's another issue there. And then you've got some old guys in the band, too, right? Um, So... You know jerry shirley humble pie um they're on a major label it's very very accomplished sounding it doesn't sound like a cheap thing like a new wave british heavy metal album should Um, magnum is another one they've been around but not that that long um but they're in here totally participating but are they too proggy i would say yes you know, Quartz, I, I consider Quartz totally, totally part of this thing. But people do bring up that, you know, they were called Bandy Legs before. Their first album's 1977. The sum total of the first album is very kind of 70s-ish, even though Mainline Riders is there. Live album next. But Against All Odds, I think is amazing, amazing, perfect new wave of British heavy metal. And I mean, sorry, um, Stand Up and Fight. And then Against All Odds, it totally belongs to, although it's a different sound. Rathchild. now you're into the post-Motley crew, glammy sort of bands, but the timing is right. Mama's Boys, can you include Irish bands in this whole thing, right? Sweet Savage, uh, Viv Campbell, right? Um, so, you know, can you include uh, Irish bands? I think they're Irish, right? Um, Shy, another too poppy one. And then also brought up on the Facebook was, was, was a band like Diano um so when you know when you come with your your album and it's 1984 so is it already too late and you're not even doing really a new wave british heavy metal sound are you still a new wave british heavy metal metal band air ace deanna whatever like you know things start shifting in 1984 and and if the sound is so far off does it still belong a because of the sound b because it's 1984 all right wow so there you go uh so there's my uh there's my uh, let's sum up judas priest no motorhead yes gillen yes deaf leopard yes iron maiden yes of course uh and then we had a bunch of honorable mentions so that's it for history and five songs with martin Popoff for this week if you like the show and want to support future episodes please go to ko-fi rhymes with no fee um and uh at at uh co-fee.com slash martinpopoff, and hit the red support button, and as they say over there, buy me a cup of coffee. You know, the standard donation is $3. Uh, And on that front, I want to thank my first um, repeat, uh, you know, supporter, Bruce Campbell, for his continued support. Awesome. Thank you, Bruce. Um, Other than that, um, you can go to martinpopoff.com for... um, all your book needs of what I have in print. Pretty soon I'm going to have that uh, that um, Din Lizzy visual biography and also the second of the Rush thing, uh, Rush Limel- or Limelight, Rush in the 80s. Um, but I still have Anthem Rush in the 70s, um, good-looking hardcover. I've got the Maiden books, Merciful Fate, uh, the Priest books, the Sabbath books, the UFO books. Everything's over there. I sign them, send them out, PayPal buttons, blah, blah, blah. There you go. That wraps it up for another episode. Uh, go listen to some